to the Unity Society podcast. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph. And I just have to say, this has been a great day. We've had some amazing stuff go on all day long. This is, you know, we start with our gather round segment, and it's, I can hardly wait to talk about just the day that we had. It's been a full day, but a really, <laughs> really powerful, empowering, really neat day. Yeah. We started the way that we often start our day by walking down by the water, and you know about that. We walk all through downtown St. Pete. We saw dolphins. We saw dolphins this morning. Today, Had a really always... good cup of coffee. Yeah. St. Pete is getting ready to host the Grand Prix, so it's always a little bit of an adventure trying to find the way through the streets that they have closed because off. Because they, and... they close off certain parts of the street for the St. Petersburg Grand Prix. St. Petersburg, of course, being the finest city on the face of the earth. It's always a pleasure to uh, get to walk around down there. And actually, before we talk about today, there's something going on tomorrow that I'm really excited about. Yes, tomorrow at Locale Market, which is kind of like a upscale grocery store slash fast food restaurant. It's a place winery. to get a good cup of coffee and some weird pastry. If you actually bought groceries there, the universe is trying to tell you you have too much money. Agreed. But the, the pastries and the coffee and you can get... It's right by the movie theater and so you can grab something really quick and sneak it into the movie Special theater. Special chocolate. And, yeah. and they, so they have some they have some really nice things there. And I, I like it because you can go in and you can get vegetarian stuff and vegan stuff. And it's really... It's a neat place. It's a neat place. But anyway, from 8 a.m. to 9.30 tomorrow, the St. Petersburg Police Department, they do it in different locations once a month. But you can go in and they call it Ask a Cop. So tomorrow morning, it's going to be at Locale Market. And I think that I'm going to go, and I hope that you're going to come yeah, with me. wouldn't miss it. But I am so interested in trying to help our city, to help our community. And I think that's what I'm going to go in and ask them tomorrow is where are the needs where can we be the most good where can we do the most service stuff like that because you know we have our motto you know god is good you are good go do good and i'm really feeling that call especially lately i don't know if it's spring or a new year or or whatever it is um i'm just really really getting fed by participating in events out in our community so I thought it would be a really good chance to go and ask the people on the front lines, okay, where do you see a need to, that, that can be filled? What can we do? And, you know, it's the whole faith without works is dead thing. You know, it, it's it's easy in unity to stay up in your head or even down into your heart, so to speak. And that's gorgeous. It's wonderful. But until you do something about it, what's the point? Agreed. And I don't want to get off on a rant here, as I want to do, but... There's something really beautiful about taking it into action. You know, we're not trying to tell people that they have to do certain things, but do something about what you believe in. And so I'm so proud of you for finding that, and I'm excited about going. Of course, by the time you listen to it, it will have been in the past. We'll tell you what we find out about next week. It's like a cliffhanger. Maybe. But back to our day today. So we had that amazing morning and we have that morning most mornings i'm so so happy about that and it doesn't cost anything the price of a cup of coffee like sally struthers would say and you get to uh, you get to experience that but we got back and did our thing i worked out and we you know had our morning and then we did a live radio interview with the truth transforms show that is a unity.fm show and the the 
host of the show is Reverend Galen McDowell. And he is from Johnny Coleman's church in Chicago. Go look up Johnny Coleman. I need to write a whole thing about her. She is a hero. And I got the impression talking to Reverend McDowell that he didn't know what to expect. You know, we were supposed to be there to talk about our book, Branching In, available at Amazon.com and all that. But uh, I don't know that he knew what he was getting with us. I think he thought maybe a couple of young upstarts in this <laughs> unity movement or maybe just trying to sell a book or something like that, maybe. Yeah, well, and part of it, too, is that there's a beautiful thing about unity, and that is that we really do respect all faiths. We really do uphold the freedom of individuals, especially when it comes to matters of belief. But there's a downside to that because unity has also not been real great about saying what it is that we believe in, what our unique gift is. Sometimes we're so busy praising the unique gifts of others, we don't do enough to say, well, yeah, but here's what unity has to say about X, Y, and Z. And that's a shame because there's a lot of real beauty there. So I don't know what he was expecting. But it turns out, real kindred spirit there. I really love what uh, Reverend McDowell is doing. And it was so much fun. We talked about the book a little bit. Mm -hmm. But pretty quick, we started talking about what it means to be a new thought Christian and what it means to read our foundational text. I mean, the Bible, we talked about the Bible a lot. We talked about the Bible a lot. And it was so refreshing to be able to dialogue with somebody that wasn't afraid of it or that had shunned it or that put it away. Because obviously, if you've listened to the podcast before, Dieter and I are absolutely Bible people. Mm -hmm. It's something that we use and it's something that I can't imagine not having as a part of my life. So it was really, really nice to be able to, like you said, have that kindred spirit with him. I think we're going to be invited back because we <laughs> didn't finish our conversation we with him. We just didn't have time. We, ran, we really We talked with him for an hour and we ran out of time. There was so much more to say. So I'm really hoping that we get to come back on his show and I'm really hoping that maybe we get to go up to Chicago for a book signing and wow. you know visit that church and just sort of meet their community because I'm really interested in that. I would love to do that. Well, and you know, that's the church that there's a connection with Della Reese. There's a connection with Oprah Winfrey and so on through that amazing, amazing community. So there's a lot of really cool things about that. This is the part of our show where I talk about something that we should talk about on another show. And so with that in mind, sometime we should do a show about how Christianity works in unity. Are you keeping notes for any of this or is this, do you just No, it's say, all in there. It's all in the it's memory not, bank. It's not. I'm telling you right now because you keep talking about other shows that we should do and every week we say, okay, what do we need to do the show about? And you're like, well, let's, let's figure it out. Don't so even worry about it. Please... Start writing it down, old man, and make a list of it because <laughs> you're you're not remembering the things that you talk about. Steel so. trap. So anyway, it was really refreshing to get to talk to uh, Reverend McDowell. Just an old school unity guy. Yeah, and loved I it. loved it. We need more of what he's doing. So please go listen because there is one point during the interview that he took us to church. Yeah, it was beautiful. And it was beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. I would love to hear him speak. Well, his show, once again, it's Truth Transforms. You can find it through unity.fm. But I'm going to write a piece on unitysociety.com about that show, about our experience. Because, you know, we've been doing a lot of radio spots and podcast appearances because we're promoting our book. And all of them, we'd love it if you listen to all of them. 
of course, we're honored. And it's been, we haven't had a bad experience. They've all been wonderful. But like I said, this one was barely even about our book. Yeah. This was an important conversation about what it means to be unity, what we're looking at moving forward, how we uphold our traditions and still be flexible for the future. We really dug into some stuff. And so please, like I said, there'll be an article about that maybe even tomorrow, but soon. And in the meantime, go find, go to unity.fm and look for the Truth Transforms show. And I'd love it if you listen to our episode, but any episode you listen to, you're going to get something great out of. That was such a good experience. Yeah, I was going to say, it hit me in the heart. And at one point, I think I was I was sitting next to you during the interview and I got like goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I'm like, I, you know, I silently pointing to my arm, you know, to yeah. show you my goosebumps. So it was really great. And like I said, it... They have all been wonderful interviews, but this one in particular just it got to my it got to my heart. So that was really great. But then, so we get done with that, and that was totally inspiring and just really beautiful. And experience. we recorded that interview here at Pinfeather Studios. Mm-hmm. And so then we had a little bit of lunch, and then we got to go and meet with Pastor Blake, Pastor Blake from Radius Church, and he is doing something really, really fascinating and. What a good guy. Yeah, Pastor Blake is from Radius Church, and his website is radchurch.com. Now, here's the thing about that. The theology for Radius Church is very, very mainstream Christian. He comes from a Baptist background. And so there are going to be some pretty significant distinctions between what they're doing theologically and what we would do in unity. But that's not the point. The thing about Pastor Blake is that he is really scratching an itch that I have, something that we've been talking about, the ongoing question, the ongoing dialogue is what does it mean to do church in the 21st century? And his answer to those questions is just fascinating. Basically, there's no basically, it's a long story, but I'll do my best. Basically, Radius Church, their their idea is ever-widening circles in the community. It's about really being the light. It's about carrying these ideas forward. And so one of the things that they have done is you go to church and you make a sack lunch. And after church, their church is right downtown. They meet at the St. Petersburg Shuffleboard Club. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And right in the middle of everything in downtown St. Pete. And you make a sack lunch. And after the service, you go hand out lunch to somebody who wouldn't have food that day otherwise. And the idea of service, they're not proselytizing. They're not saying you got to read the Gospel of Luke before you get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You just get a sandwich. You just get a sandwich. And the idea is here. I'm going to make a difference with my beliefs, not by just talking, but by living that. And that is absolutely beautiful. And in fact, part of their vision is that they have fundraised and purchased a food truck and they have the food truck, and it's like Tom's Shoes, but with sandwiches. Every sandwich that you buy, they give a sandwich to somebody. Mm-hmm. I think it's called the Peanut Butter and Jelly Deli. That's right. Yeah. And they make all kinds of gourmet peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They took a simple idea, like a PB&J, and just ran with it, and really are doing something beautiful. So it was nice to sit there and talk with him. We met at a little place called Infused Tea Company. And if you're ever there, you have to get the Roy Bacino. It's a rooibos tea kind of um, cappuccino latte. I got the chocolate one. So good. Yeah, but check this out. That was good. And, and you out-ordered me because I just got an Earl Grey because I was trying to pretend like I was Captain Picard. I'm not a tea <laughs> guy. I'm a coffee guy. But, okay. 
So, but yours was delicious. I got it. I stole a sip of yours. But I have to say also, if you go to the Infused Tea Company in downtown St. Petersburg, the finest city on the face of the earth, Radius Church has their own blend. You can ask for a cup of Radius Blend tea. And 10%? 10% of the proceeds go to Casa House, which is a house for single moms and their kids and helping to clothe them and get the moms on a... Get out of trouble situations. Right, and, and get, get them jobs and, and all that kind of stuff. So I love that. I love that so, so much. But that's one of the things that's just so awesome about Radius in general and Pastor Blake in particular is once again... I'm going to make a difference with this sandwich, with this cup of tea. And once again, whether or not you're there with them theologically, what does it mean to serve your truth in everyday life? Not just on Sunday morning. You know, the big corporate church model tends to be you just go once a week and you sort of check something off your list and you're good and you can in the parking lot. Well, it's fast food religion. Yeah. And you can walk out of there, and the moment you leave that door, you can be the same person you were before. And as I have said many times, and I find that I will keep saying it, is I don't go to church to be validated. I go to be challenged. Anyway, we asked Pastor Blake to to sit with us because I'm just curious. And so I said, the, the title of the email, I sent him an email to start this conversation. The title of the email was, how's it done? Because I just, what did you do? What's your story? How does this work for you? And he was so generous with his time and his story. And if you ever get a chance to go and check him out, it, it really is neat. And they are doing some some really fascinating things. I was completely inspired to go and, well, to move my butt and, and do something <laughs> good for somebody else. I really was. And, and today has just been one of those days where you're just like, wow, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm completely inspired and full of joy and full of just love and now I need to go and give that to somebody else, yeah. you know, oh, so man. that I can so that I can get filled up again on another day. So really, really good day. And then there's other things that happened during the week, but we just had to tell you about just the fascinating day that we had today. I just feel so blessed and so inspired. And I have to say that it was really cool. I didn't, you know, I had watched some of Pastor Blake's talks online and I had been reading all about what Radius Church is doing. And so I, I felt like we were okay, but, you know, it's always possible that you sit down with someone from a mainstream congregation and he could have said, you know, I read about unity and in the cult books it says you guys are pretty weird and so I'm not comfortable with this. And, you know, that could have happened and he would have been within his rights to do that. But he never even asked us about that. Mm-mm. We talked about service. We talked about, you know, doing your best to follow your heart and your truth to the best of your ability. It didn't even come up for him. He's just such a pure heart. Mm-hmm. I adored that. And I have to say too, you know, we've talked about the importance of knowing your Bible. We could talk Bible. We could talk Bible. Now we might read it in different ways. We might come to different conclusions about it, but in general, man oh man. Well it was so funny that we had talked to Reverend Galen about talking about the Bible and using the Bible mm-hmm. earlier in the day. And then we actually had to go and back it up and talk to somebody who knew his Bible. Yeah. And thank God we did. Thank God we could dialogue with him because I think it can shut down very, very quickly if you are not speaking the same language. Yeah, absolutely. And go listen to the Truth Transform show to talk more about what we talked about, about the Bible. This is another thing we have to have another podcast about is just Bible stuff in general. We've talked about it before, but there's more to say for sure. But anyway, 
I am just I'm just zooming based. I feel like I've had 12 cups of coffee. It was just such a great, amazing, inspiring day. It's hard to sit still. Just please write down those ideas. What ideas? Okay, so we're recording this on March the 1st. And that is the first day of Lent. Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The day when you want to go and rub the ashes off of people's heads because you think they're they got a smudge of something on their face. Well, some people <laughs> just do like the little, like the smudge. And mm-hmm. there was a guy, I don't know if you saw him at the coffee shop at Kawa Coffee this morning who had like the full cross of ash on his forehead. And... It's, I had such a, because obviously we knew what was, that that was all about. Unity people tend not to do a big deal about Ash Wednesday, you know, at least in the outer. We know what it's about, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got such a kick out of watching other people look at that guy in line because there were people, I mean, the guy had a big cross on his forehead and if you don't know what's going on, it's like, are we safe with this guy? Is it something out of a Stephen King movie? What is this? And then other people... I saw a couple people just kind of breathe and go, okay, well, there's somebody who's standing up for God. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was only one guy in the coffee shop. It's not like we went to the Catholic coffee shop. But there was that feeling of, wow, the transcendent is present in this imminent moment. And there was something really sweet about that. I really enjoyed that. But it's the beginning of Lent, and so the the thing that comes up for me every year, of course, is Lent in Unity, What's the Deal? That's the title of a book. <laughs> Lent in Unity, What's the Deal? What's the by, deal? With a foreword by Jerry Seinfeld. Right. I really, really think that it's important to take a minute to observe ritual in unity. It's I think a- it's very important. We, we love tradition. And I think that we don't have enough of them. And I think tradition and ritual are very important to carry forward what we cherish. Well, and we've talked about this when we talked about Burning Bowl a while back. We've talked about it a couple of different ways. And it just keeps coming up. I think that that's one of the things that is a growing place in unity. I think without some kind of a, of a physical counterpart to your beliefs... It's easy for them to stay between your ears. You know, it's one of those things. And so taking it into action in the world, like making sandwiches for somebody, is is beautiful. And we've just talked about that. But the other piece of it is some kind of a moment of ritual, of ceremony. Because what ceremony says, as we've said before, is I mean it. And there's magic and beauty in just taking it into action, do something about what you believe. Church is not just a series of workshops. You know, a church building is not just a performance hall. It's not a concert venue. It shouldn't be anyway. Something magic happens there, and the magic happens because you bring a different set of sensibilities. You bring your heart, and you carry that into action. That's important. If you're not getting that from your church, maybe look at how you're thinking about church. But so there's this Lent thing. What is it about? What's the deal? Why Why do we do it? How do we do it? Do we do it? <laughs> These kinds of things. And and I want to say, first of all, there's a great Unity book called Keep a True Keep a Lent. Keep a True Lent. Yeah, and everybody should know about that book. If you're the least bit curious about it, 
I know it's available on Amazon. If there's a Unity Church in your town, you should go find it. I'd rather you do that than get it through Amazon, but yeah, go ahead and get it through Amazon too. But keep a true Lent. It has everything to do with how to observe the Lenten season in unity, how we do it. So obviously there's a lot more to say there, but just take the pieces you know about. What do you know well, about? Well, I was going to say, start with the basics. It's the 40 days before Easter. Mm-hmm. And so 40 is a pretty important number in and throughout the Bible. 40 days and 40 nights. Yes, exactly. So we have that, that aspect of it. Um, Most people know that they have to give something up during Lent. Yeah, and a lot of people don't even know why. And they don't know why. And in the Catholic tradition, there is, you know, I mean, you give up all kinds of stuff and then you don't eat the meat on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of... And that's not just Lent. Well, that used to be the old... The old way that they did it, and you know, so I think they've changed some rules. I got, I got to catch up on on we what the talk new about rules that. are. <laughs> the thing is that people know they're supposed to give up something for Lent, whether or not they know why. And the interesting thing is that moment often gets missed because there are other people that go, "Well, I'm not Catholic," or even more, "I used to be Catholic, and so I'm not." You know, forget that. And besides, Unity is a religion that that talks about affirmation and how we're supposed to be taken care of by the universe, and that feels like punishing myself. And so, I'm not going to do that. And you know, and I get it. But in this moment, I want to encourage whoever's listening to this to give something up for Lent. Now here's the catch. It's okay if it's something like I'm going to go vegetarian or I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to shop at big box stores. I'm only going to buy local or I'm going to stop swearing. I like that one. But you know, you can get into the same kind of trouble you get in when we talk about New Year's resolutions. It's never the outer thing. It's the feeling. It's the idea. So I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to find an idea or a feeling that you're going to give up. One of the things, I wrote an article about this before we started the podcast. And the article talked about saying, I don't give a damn. And you know, there's that gone with the wind thing. I think the article's called Frankly My Dear because I was trying to be cute. But the idea is that can be a very positive affirmation because what you're saying is I remember that God is in charge I am not going to give this whatever it is my damning thoughts I love that but I also think part of it is that yes we're affirming yes we're manifesting but don't you feel like you have to take some time to make room you have to get take out the garbage, literally and figuratively. Yeah, well, and this is right out of Prosperity, Charles Fillmore's great book. He says, you know, God is infinite, but you are finite. And he might, he might have said, you know, if he were talking now, you know, you've, you've only got so much space between your ears. If you can't take out the garbage, if you can't, here's what he did say, if you can't get rid of the goats, you're going to have to make do with fewer sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in other words, if you have a lot of bad ideas floating around, you're going to have to just deal with the 
fewer good ideas that you might have or inspiring ideas that you might have if you're just focusing on all of the negative stuff that's going on. And I think that there's a time. And and for me, I think that's what Lent really is. It's a time to say, okay, what is going to help me remember to make space? Yes. And so I want to shift the intention. The purpose of Lent is not... Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to give up something that's good because I want to be like Jesus. Because remember, I came that your joy might be full. Jesus didn't say I came so that you could have a real hard time. You know, the idea is not I'm going to give myself a harder life. The idea is not I'm going to punish myself because I'm not walking on water today. Because remember, this is important. You you get more of what you practice. Mm-hmm. Everything is like everything else. If you practice mountain climbing, it doesn't make you a good scuba diver. If you practice suffering, it doesn't make you good at abundance or happiness. It just doesn't make sense. So that's not what we're talking about. Instead, let us once again shift the in- intention and let us have Lent be the time when we give up something that is not true about ourselves. Start there. Once again, just like I was saying a moment ago, find something that you're not going to give a damn about. I'll give you an example. We live in Florida, as you know, and a number of years ago, we had the queen mother of air conditioning failures. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it It was pretty rough. Perfect storm. Just Mm -hmm. use all the cliches. Big kahuna. (laughs) I've got more. But the point is, we dropped about $4,000 on our air conditioner. Yep. And if you don't live in Florida and you're listening to this, that might sound crazy. But imagine if you lived on a submarine and the oxygen ran out. That's what it's like to not have air conditioning here. Well, it was June in Florida. Just the whole thing. No, you cannot live without air conditioning. I mean, I suppose you could live without air conditioning, but it would be... It would be a a cursed life. A a half-life. Yeah. (laughs) Bit into a unicorn. Exactly. But, um, so we, we dropped a lot of money and I have to say personally, it really, the whole thing really bothered me and it wasn't just the money. It was the feeling of powerlessness. I'm a daddy. I'm a husband. And yeah, I'll buy into some of the stereotypical things. It's important to me to be able to take care of my family and all that. And okay, there's pros and cons to that. But it bothered me. It bothered me so much that for months after that, every time I would hear the air conditioner kick in, I would have like post-traumatic stress. You would jump a little bit. Yeah, it really bothered me. It really bothered me. And because I kept thinking about, well, what if it gives way? Because, you know, the air conditioner guy's like, well, we got it fixed, but you know, you're, you know, and I don't know anything about air conditioning. Oh, your A-frame is going to collapse. And then the structural hemoglobins you know who knows i the guy could just be reading out of a dictionary i don't know any better but what i was left with is at any moment other bad stuff could happen and once again it wasn't really about the money although that wasn't any fun i certainly would have rather done other things with four thousand dollars but it was the sense of powerlessness and it was the feeling of something could happen to make the people i love be uncomfortable out of control can't protect them and so on But what got me through that and got me to a better place was that affirmation. So the air would kick in and I'd feel my my blood pressure go up just a little bit, 
you know, it wasn't like a panic attack, but it was like, oh, oh, here we go. Darn it. You know, and I got to that point where I said, you know what? I don't give a damn. And I would say it out loud. And I'm pretty sure that Jenny, you and the other people in this house thought it was weird that because maybe you didn't hear the air. You just heard me saying that, which is probably weird. Little Tourette'sy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that's okay. Because it got me to that point of, you know what? I can spiral and think about all the things that could happen that have not happened. And what good does that do? And remember, we get what we're ready for. So is that really what I want to be ready for? And so for me saying, you know what? I'm not going to damn this with a dumb negative thought. I give that up. And in so doing, I recognize that the universe takes care of its own, that God is in, in charge, that divine order is established right here and right now. Peace be still, the whole thing. The May Roland version of I don't give a damn would be peace be still, right, by the way. Right, but, right, right. Well, you know, to each his own. But the point is, that was my Lent moment. I gave up letting that thing, something dumb like an air conditioner, have power over me. So ask yourself, what gives you your sense of self? As we wrote in uh, Branching In, where do you get your you from? And it very well may be that part of who, where you get your identity from isn't very healthy. You know, I get it from my ability to do a good job at work and as a result I'm killing myself at this job that I don't even like because I've wired it up to where that's where my identity comes from. Well, that's not very healthy, for example. Or I, I get a sense of self from a relationship and now that I've attached all this extra weight to it, put the other person on this pedestal and so on, now it's not so, it doesn't feel so good anymore. You know, those kinds of things happen all the time. Where do you get your you from? Are there pieces of your identity that come from a place that isn't healthy? And if so, can you give that up for Lent? I think that's a good idea. I had not really thought about it sort of that way. My ideas were a little bit more physical. Like I was reading somewhere, and I think I am going to do this. I haven't really thought about what I'm going. I guess it's a, I should probably think about it. Today's the day, man. Today is the day. Before the end of the day, I'll figure it out. But I had read somewhere um, that you actually physically give things away. Like you start a bag of giveaway and every day during Lent, you find something in your house, a couple of pieces, and by the end, you have a couple of bags full of stuff that you're getting out of your house. And I really like that because I think that that is a something physical that you can do to say, I am, I am making room for my prosperity and new stuff to come in, but I'm also doing some good. So I think I am going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had decided that 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 was that really spoke to me and like i said it's not my idea but i had um i read it somewhere and come across it somewhere when somebody's talking about lent um and i did start today there's a couple of bags out there and and i'm going to continue to go around the house and when i see something that i'm not using or that i want to make or if i want something new mm-hmm. then i'm going to i'm just I'm, I, I'm going to make room but i don't know as far as clearing out my mind um i'm not sure probably the swearing is is really good i was watching something <laughs> no it really is it's it's hard for me i y'all don't know this because we try to be really really careful on here because we want the no explicit lyrics um badge on itunes um 
and you can't yeah, say you don't swear like a sailor. No, or anything. no, but but I I do swear, and I probably I swear more than I should. Really, I do. Like it's well, studies have shown that that that's a sign of intelligence and all of that. I've heard that before. Right, but I was watching. I, I watch YouTube and I watch a couple of videos on there, and there's some people that I follow and I subscribe to, and most of the time they they don't say swear words. They mm-hmm. they really don't. And I came across this one that I follow now. And when she swears, I'm, I wouldn't ever have thought it, but I really am. I'm sort of taken aback. I'm like, oh, she just swore. And cause I don't think that I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it takes away from her education and her point. It really did. And, and it may be just that I am a little on the older side or something of that oh, nature stop. or no, but really, I mean, and I, I acknowledge that I'm not, you know, I'm not in my twenties and, and that it may just be a generational thing. I'm not shocked by swear words, but it really did take me out of what she was trying to, to say. And so I thought, Ooh, wow. Is that what I sound like when I swear? Um, I don't know. Whenever I swear, the kids just laugh at me. They think, well, it's, it's adorable. But... You're not exactly red Fox, but the thing is, there's you, what you said is really important, and that is when you, this person you were watching was swearing, it lessened their message. Yes. So I don't have a problem with swear words. I'm a big boy. I've heard them all before. But what I have a problem with is the lack of authenticity. So in other words, if saying that word doesn't reflect who you really are, then you've not helped anybody. You know what? There are moments in life where a swear word is completely appropriate. Oh, absolutely. Sure. But on the other hand, there are times when it doesn't fit what's going on on the inside. And yet it's such a a shortcut that I think it gets invoked too often. I love the idea of doing something physical. And I think that ideally, not just Lent, but every part of life has to do with feeling something inside so profoundly that it overflows into something that you do, right? That's like the goal. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, that's a tall order, man. We're not prepared to do that in our culture. In fact, we're we're prepared to close off, to compartmentalize. Don't feel that's embarrassing. Don't make a scene, for example. And so... Well, I don't subscribe to that. I make scenes all the time. Yeah, but you know what I mean? That's, that is not what society teaches us. And so... When I say something like that, get so filled up that you do something, sometimes people don't even know what I'm talking about. And I'll be honest, it's not like I live every moment of my life that way either. I'm trying. But what I'm suggesting is, yeah, I think it's both. Please do find beliefs that you can tweak, ideas that you can get done with, things that you can endorse so profoundly that they move you into action. But you know what? We talked about Pastor Blake a, a little while ago. It's not like everybody that goes to Radius Church is so moved with the Christ spirit of giving that that's where their sandwich make, making comes from. Sometimes they just there are people that just go and make a sandwich. I'm sure of it. What I'm saying is you can walk backwards into this. Start doing something if you want to do something. Find something healthy. Find something that you know makes you feel like a better person and you can get there that way too. But by all means, find a way to celebrate Lent. Find something you can do that you didn't used to do. Find something you can do without that you used to think to find you. Find an idea to get rid of and something you can replace it with. All of that. Because what we're talking about really is getting ready for Easter. 
Now, I'm sure we'll do a podcast about Easter. Maybe that'll be when we talk about Jesus and Christianity and stuff like that. But right now, what we're talking about is getting ready for a new birth, a new life, a rejection of limitation. That's what Easter is about. As Charles Fulmer would say, a crossing out of error. So what do you need to do to get ready for that? What do you need to do to get ready for it? What are you giving up? What I'm giving up? I'm giving up renunciation. No, I am giving up. I I have some very specific ideas about what we need to be doing next with Unity Society and on and beyond. Okay. And I'm excited about that, but there's a limit because the truth is you've got to leave room for God to have a better idea. You know, I... I know you can't tell by looking at my rippling physique now, but when I was a youngster, I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I was kind of nerdy. I know, and look at me now, you wouldn't know I look like Fabio. But back in the day, um, I spent a lot of time playing Dungeons and Dragons and doing nerdy stuff, but I was one of those kids that spent a lot of time making the character. Instead of playing the game? I didn't play as much as I, oh, this guy's, he's got special magic armor and blah, blah, blah. And the idea was it was so much fun to set the stage that you forget to act. And so I recognize that I've got some ideas that I think are beautiful and I love thinking about them. You know, Charles Fillmore said in Prosperity, before you go to bed at night, fill your mind with images of prosperity, whatever that means to you. And so me, when when I'm going to sleep, I'm thinking about what we could be doing. And I've got very specific ideas, but they're my ideas. I want to be open to God's ideas. So that's a long way of saying what I'm working on for Lent is to leave room for God, to get my ideas out of the way, to, to treat myself like I would treat a little kid and say, that's nice, Timmy, and we love that. However, there's a big adventure out there that you don't know about, and let's, let's be ready for something unexpected. Because I'm willing to step out on faith on that. I know what God's got in store for me. I don't know the details, but I know it's going to be awesome. And I just have to get to a place where that is good enough. Adventure is out there. I love that. This is the part of the podcast where we take your questions and we try to answer them to the best of our ability. We call this part, Listen Up. And so I have a question that we need to answer tonight. And it comes from June M. And she says, I'm a fan of your podcast. Thank you. And I've noticed that you talk about being vegetarian. What led you to choose that? And I think we probably came at it um, very differently, I think. I think Um, I nagged you into it. Is that fair? No, you didn't nag me into it. You really didn't because I can't be nagged into anything. In fact, if you you nag me, it's like that is a sure sign that it's not going to happen. It's like a thrown gauntlet. Yeah, fair enough. Right, exactly. You were a vegetarian for about a year before me, but I had already sort of given up red meat at that point and and everything. Anyway, so I'm going to tell my story first about why, why I'm a vegetarian and then... If you want, you can tell your yeah, your story good. about why Ladies you're vegetarian. First. So it goes all the way back because I spent a lot of time in a cattle ranch in Wyoming. Um, eight years of my childhood was spent there and I grew up hunting and fishing and doing all the stuff that you would think people that live in Wyoming do. It just... Cowgirl. It was Yeah, cowgirl, really. Riding horses and haying the cattle and all of it. It's very attractive, by the way. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. 
And so anyhow, um, when we would go out hunting or fishing, I was raised that you honor and you eat what you shoot and, and, and you come back and you have to take care of it yourself. You're the one that has to prepare the meat. You're the one that has to do all of that work. And, you know, I remember sitting on the back porch pulling feathers out of the pheasants that, that, um, my uncles and my father had shot and stuff like that. And it's a, it's a, it's a memory, but you were very, very hands-on. So fast forward and hadn't really thought about it very much. And until I met you, to be honest, and until I started really reading about why the Fillmore's were vegetarians and, and things of that nature. And it just had not occurred to me. When I got pregnant with Raina, I was still eating meat. And then as soon as I sort of was nursing her and and taking care of her and doing all that kind of stuff, it really sort of hit me that there are other mammals on the planet. So I really stopped there. I stopped eating mammals right after she was Mm -hmm. born. So cows and pigs and, and, and all of that. I just couldn't do that. Anybody that would take the time out to take care of their young that way because if you've ever nursed a baby it's it is it's beautiful and lovely but it's also time consuming and it is something that you really do have to give a major part of your your heart and your caring you know to make sure that your child survives at the very beginning so anyway I digress and then um it just sort of moved from from that and I, I slowly started to give up fish and chicken, learning about, you know, how the animals were treated in big industry. And it wasn't like how it was that when I remember it as a kid. And, you know, those, those blinders come off. And so you have this idea of, oh, well, of course the whole world just thinks about it the way that I do. <laughs> you know, and then you realize, no, that's not the reality of the situation. And you become more aware and your eyes get opened. And then you start to make choices based on kindness. And then as my own vegetarianism sort of evolved, I started thinking less about the animals, although they were in the factor of me being a vegetarian. I started thinking about the people. And I started to think, gosh, that's really a lot of responsibility for me to place on the people whose job it is eight hours a day to work in the slaughterhouses or to kill these animals. And it is not right of me if I'm not going to take that responsibility on for myself. Mm -hmm. It is not right for me to ask another person to take that responsibility. It's not like I'm out there having to, because I think if everybody had to kill their own meat, I think we'd have a lot, lot more vegetarians because like I said, I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. Sure. I know what, it, you know, I know what the process is just from my, from my childhood. But I think if most people were to face that, I think that that might be, might be a little gross for people to do. And so I if don't you want. you can't do it, you can't, you're basically paying someone else to put a hit out on a cow. Well, right? yeah. I mean, in, in, in simplest terms, <laughs> yeah. And I think that we're so far removed from that whole process that there's a lot of waste involved and we can get into a lot of the environmental issues oh, well, and stuff. And the but, stuff that goes on in factory farms is, is right, horrifying. And I, right. And yeah, I don't, that's a separate I, and that's issue. That's a separate issue. But I think for me personally, because I think that you have to have a personal connection in order to make this decision, because it is. I mean, I'm not going to tell somebody else what to put in their mouth. I think that's really 
it's, it's kind of odd and you, you know, so whenever I'm out to dinner with somebody and they are eating meat, there's no judgment on my part. I just choose not to do it. And that's usually my answer is because I can't put that on somebody else's heart mm-hmm. and I can't make somebody else do that for me. And you know, it's funny because as questions as vegetarians, like, well, you know, if your kids were starving, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. You know what? I'd probably down a cow. If, if, if my kids were starving, but it would be my responsibility to do that. It wouldn't be placed on somebody else. And so for me, it's not only the welfare for the animals, but it's also the welfare of the people whose job it is to provide the meat in the grocery store. So that's, that's kind of where my heart is. And I love that. And I have a feeling that most people don't think that far into it. And I, I certainly haven't. And I, I really appreciate that. For me, it it comes from a very same but different, as always with you and me. It's always same but different. But I come from a family where nobody shot anything. Nobody could even cook in my family. Oh, I could tell you stories. There's some scary things that went on in the kitchen in my house growing up. So I ate everything processed. I have so many additives and preservatives in my body from my childhood that I will never die. You know, don't even worry about it. Um, But... So for me, it wasn't ever that. For me, I got to a place where I started really reading unity literature and especially unity history. There's a great book called The Story of Unity. I've talked about it before. Uh, There's a couple of other important unity history books. Myrtle Fillmore, Mother of Unity, and Charles Fillmore, Herald of the New Age. Those are both really solid books. I believe both of those are out of print now. So start with Story of Unity and see where that takes you. But the point is, I started figuring out that early, early, early on, in the, in the original days of Unity, when there was just a few people involved, one of the people involved with Unity worked in the printing press, and his name was Harry Church. And Harry Church comes from a Seventh-day Adventist background. And if you know about Seventh-day Adventists, they're vegetarians. Mm-hmm. And he got to talking to Charles and Myrtle and the gang about that, and they decided to adapt that lifestyle. Here's the part where I really want to make this clear. The question will come up, well, can you be a unity person, a quote-unquote real unity person, and not be a vegetarian, for example? The answer is, of course you can. Charles Fillmore said in a book called The Twelve Powers of Man, he said that a statement outlining the beliefs of a religion is essential. By the way, you know, somebody wants to tell you that unity doesn't write down what they believe— Read that quote and then remember that Charles Fillmore put out a statement, statement of, faith of faith in 1921. Right. But that's a separate... T- we'll do that on another episode of the podcast. You better write it down. <laughs> but he said, here's the other part of that. He said, the statement is essential, but here's the thing. Compelling clauses should be omitted. Now, here's what that means. A compelling clause is, here's what you ought to do about it. So in other words, Charles Fillmore is saying, you got to be able to say what you believe in. But you cannot tell other people how to do it. And you know what? We shouldn't be in that business anyway. I, want, I don't want to sell you the truth. I don't want to sell you a behavioral pattern. I want you to love this so purely that you follow that into action according to the best of your ability. I don't need you to do what I do because what do I know? Yeah, of course I think about it a lot, but that doesn't make me any more expert than anybody else. You've got to work that out. So, once again, compelling clauses being omitted means that I'm not going to be a jerk about it, and I have 
on many, many, many occasions sat down at the table with good unity people who are having a burger. And I'm not. I got my tofu sandwich or whatever it is because that's how I do it. Now, I love that I'm doing something in line with the Unity Founders. There's a great story in that book, The Story of Unity, by James Dillett Freeman, by the way, where there was a, a Unity picnic early on and somebody brought hot dogs and Charles Fillmore nailed one to a tree. You know, it's like, we're not doing this here. And I love that kind of, boy, wouldn't it be great to have a time machine and be there for the hot dog nailing. But anyway, I love that I'm upholding tradition. So for me, it's not just... Uh, uh, an outpicturing of my belief system, although it certainly is that. It's also sort of a nod to tradition. I'm trying my best to live up to the standards set by those heroes. And so, you know, that's part of it. I think about the Fillmores. I think about the early Unity people, and I want to. I want some of that. You know, I want to be as much like that as I can get away with. So that's part of it too. But here's the thing for me. We get what we put. We get what we bring. So by what you're doing, what are you putting out there? You know, some people have said, well, you know, humans, uh, we have canine teeth. And it's like, well, they're only called that. You don't have pointy teeth like a dog or a wolf. You don't have the digestive system that, you know, all of that. So that's kind of a silly argument. But here's the thing. Even if all of that was true, you also have something very important, and that something is freedom of choice. In this day and age, you do not need to eat meat in order to survive. If you were on a desert island, who knows what you would do. I like to think that if it was just me on a desert island with a cow, that I would not eat the cow. And I can say that. I don't know what it's like, because obviously I've never been in that situation. I hope that I wouldn't hurt the cow. If I was by myself, probably wouldn't hurt the cow. If the kids were there, I get that. The I cow, get that. the cow might yeah, be in I'm, trouble. I'm not gonna pretend like I know for sure. Right. But the the point is, I like to say I would starve to death first. Blah blah blah. Great thought. Doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. The point is, in this life, when you can go to Burger King and get a veggie burger or whatever, there is no. You don't need that to live. And in fact. It's extraordinarily bad for you, nutritionally. But let's talk about something different for a moment. Spiritually, ethically, here's the thing for me. I just want it to be the case that something doesn't have to die just for me to get through the day. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right. It's really not any more complicated for me. Now, going back to my history, I started reading about the Fillmores, and I hit that at a time when I was a very strident teenager. I remember. And, oh, man, I put you through so much because I would just guilt trip and cajole and, man, oh, man, you know. And it was one of those things where just that wonderful kind of militancy you can only get when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, when you just know better about everything. I've loosened up a little bit, I hope. But that was part of it for me. And, And like a lot of people, just like you said, I started by not eating mammals, by not eating red meat. And I, you know, Myrtle Fillmore would say nothing with a face, you know, that kind of thing. I like Well, that. she was really hardcore. She was like, no pepper, no stimulants, no coffee. She was like, she was, she was super hardcore. Well, and you know, there's a pretty rich tradition. Um, unity is inspired by a lot of different things. But one of the things it's inspired by is the literature of the transcendentalists. And there was even some transcendentalists in some of those communities that wouldn't even eat potatoes because they grow down instead of up. I mean, that's how, like, 
over the top it was. But here's the thing that I love about all of that. By the way, potatoes are my friends. I was going to say, even, you're, no, no, I'm no never way, gonna be no a, way. Yeah. But the point is, whatever it is for you, be the kind of person who takes what you believe into action. The problem is compartmentalization. The problem is layers of abstraction. What can you do to experience an authentic moment of life where there's no barriers between you and what's going on? Just as you said, Jenny, part of the problem is people are so far removed. A chicken McNugget doesn't look like a hen. Mm-mm. You know, people are so far removed from the process. And I think there's a lot of things in life like that where we're so far removed from what it takes to really live. Find ways to take some of those layers out and you'll be a happier person. Now I just want potatoes. Well, you, we'll get them. But, you know, like fry them, mash them, stick them in, in a stew. stew. But the thing I love is that society is swinging back the other way. We went through a period. I mean, remember when we were kids and the, it was a selling point that this thing, your outfit, your food, your whatever it was, was made in a lab. And somehow that seemed noble somehow. But now we're going the other way where there's petitions to get things that are GMO'd labeled that way. Where people want artisanal, handmade stuff, even though it's five times as expensive and often not as good, you know, or whatever. It's awesome. You know, I love that the pendulum has swung the other way and people are thinking about slow food and, you know, moving in a different direction. So, you know, find your own balance. Can you be unity and not be a vegetarian? Sure. But try it. It might be a good thing to give up for Lent. A lot of people do. Yeah, it's a great way to start. And you know what? If you want to start by not eating red meat for a while, do that. See what happens. All right, this is the part where we uh, check it out. And the check it out part of our show is where we talk about what's coming up next, sort of like uh, news and announcements. And we can go through this pretty quickly because there is a place on our website, unitysociety.com slash events, where you can check out some of the major things that we're doing. One of the things that we're doing is March 11th, we're participating in a hunger walk up at Unity of Port Ritchie. And you can look at it on our website. You can also look at the Unity Port Ritchie uh, website. And I just want to make it clear, there's two towns right next to each other. There's Port Ritchie, Florida, and New Port Ritchie, Florida. And they both have Unity churches. We're talking about Unity of Port Port Ritchie, not New Port Ritchie. So Google for that, and uh, you can read about the hunger walk. Once again, that's on March 11th. We'd love to see you there. It's going to be really cool. If you're in or around uh, the Gainesville area, we will be at Unity of Gainesville, March 19th. And we'll be doing a a Sunday lesson about our book, Branching In. And and a book signing. A book signing afterwards. Mm -hmm. Man, that has been so much fun. It has. Thank you you to everybody who's come to one of our book signings, who's asked us to sign the book. It's just so neat. And we have just gotten such wonderful, positive feedback about the book. And it just really touches our hearts. So thank you very much for that. And then April 2nd, we're at Unity of Sebring. Again, another book signing, another, another service. So if you're in that area, come by, see us. We'd love to, we'd love to hug you and sign your book. And we would lo- we're looking forward to going back to Sebring. I know I, I talk about it all the time, but Sebring is just one of those places that just, there's such a genuine feel there. It's just so lovely. And uh, Reverend Andy makes really good macaroni salad. I was going to say, I hope we're there on Potluck Sunday. I, I have to check the calendar, but... I yeah, want he, some more macaroni he, salad. He really does make good macaroni yeah. salad. 
And then uh, April 23rd, we'll be at Unity of Sarasota, Florida. Once again, just a great community. It's so much fun to be there. We've spent a lot of time down at Unity of Sarasota uh, over the late summer. summer, early fall. We taught a uh, we did a workshop and we also taught a seven week class there. Um, there's a class that 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 we do where we do the the three books the three primary books in Unity after the Bible. The Bible is our primary textbook, but then there's these three books: Lessons in Truth, Christian Healing, and Prosperity. And what I like to do is. I found out, and I, I know that it was not deliberate because the books were written very far apart from each other, but it works. The chapters of the books line up. So chapter one of Lessons in Truth lines up, is talking about the same kind of thing that chapter one of Christian Healing is talking about, that chapter one of Prosperity is talking about. The difference is that Lessons in Truth is about the big picture. Christian Healing is about how it works in your body and prosperity is about how it works out there in the world. So I teach a class where it's all three books at once and it's a tremendous amount of reading and a lot going on, but I taught it in Sarasota and that crew, the, the people that came to that class, it was just so much fun. So if you're anywhere around Sarasota, you ought to go to that church. It's just really great. And Reverend Elizabeth Thompson is a powerhouse. But anyway, we'll be doing the uh, Sunday service there on uh, April 23rd. But you skipped over our spring gathering. Um, That is April 7th through the 9th. And that is our teen retreat. Um, Go to events.imunity.com for more information and to download the flyer. Oh, it's a .org, not a .com. Scratch that. Events.imunity.org. Yes. And register. If you know somebody, we do teens, young adults, and we also could use some more adult chaperones for that. Check it out. It's going to be amazing. The, The retreat itself is going to be in Ocala. But we'll, we're going to actually do a service project up at Unity of Gainesville. It's mm-hmm. going to be just a lot of fun. Basically, the thing about those retreats, are it's a threefold mission. Part one is to really reaffirm the traditional Unity teachings. And so what that means for us is everybody who leaves one of those retreats is going to leave with a stronger sense of what it means to be a Unity person. And part two is we teach service. So at every one of our events, we do a real service project at a local Unity Church. It's just really powerful. And then finally, we believe in safety and security. And what that means is we have our events at a hotel where everything's comfortable and the food is good. And it's just, it's a great experience. So check that out. It's, it's going to be so much fun. Once again, events.iamunity.org. You can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter, and it's all at the Unity Society. Come check us out. My private Instagram is at Jenny A. Randolph. And I'm Dieter underscore Randolph on Twitter. I'm at Dieter. But the most important thing is go to unitysociety.com. There's links to all of that other stuff. We have really, our stats, our traffic to the site has just been going through the roof lately, and it's just such a wonderful thing. We have little apps on our phones that talk to the back end of our website, and we can see the traffic and the people from all over the world who are going to the site, and we're starting to see people from all over the world listening to the podcast, too. It's just such a wonderful treat. We know that we're at the beginning of something, and so it's that beautiful thing of just listening for it to tell us what it needs to be, but part of that is by you going to the site. We can see what people are reading and commenting on and all that good stuff. It's just so much fun, so thank you and keep it up. So, Dieter. Yes, Jenny. Let's uh, wrap it up. Okay, every time. What we're looking for is a changed life. 
That's what we're talking about. The truth about you is beautiful and timeless. But right now in this moment, there are stuff that can get better. There are places where you can grow and heal. There's old stuff that you can get done with or grow through or change. There's always more. That's the beautiful thing. This is an infinite journey. But let's be about the journey. Find stuff that you can change. Find stuff that you can get rid of so that there's more room for what is really true. Find ways to live from your heart. What's going on in there? What's the truth about you? Your beauty and love, your truth and power, you are perfection and grace and dignity and honor. So do you have a life that mirrors that? Maybe not every moment. My goodness, you can't spend every nanosecond working for the cause, but find a second. Find some one thing you can do. Find one true thing. Do you have to make room in your life for that one true thing? So be it. Lent is a great time to do it. But one way or another, let's be the kind of people who are really good at denial, where we take out the garbage, and really good at affirmation, where we praise what we want to have more of in this life. That's how peace on earth begins. Not from some highfalutin command from some big organization, although that's great too. It begins with me. It begins with you. It begins with what we do in this moment. Live from your heart and watch what happens. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And our sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph, and she and the lovely and talented Miles Randolph do our music. This podcast and the Unity Society is completely supported by you. And what that means is you going to our website and especially you writing us positive reviews make all the difference in the world. Go to wherever you listen to this podcast and write us a good review. I'm asking for five stars, and here's why. When you do that, when you give it the five-star review, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play Radio, wherever you're listening to this right now, that five-star review triggers some amazing magical algorithms. iTunes promotes our podcast when it gets five stars, so it's like getting the ball rolling has everything to do with what you do. And similarly, if you go to Amazon where you bought, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've bought a copy of Branching In, The Journey From Alone to All One, go to Amazon, same thing. Write it a good review so that it gets promoted because we're trying to make a difference in the world and that means we need people to know about it. So that's how you can do it and or email somebody about it, send a link, retweet one of our articles, do that kind of stuff. That's how you support what we're doing. We are counting on you to help us spread the word. It doesn't take much and it doesn't take long, but it can mean the world. Have a beautiful, wonderful week and we'll see you next time.